back to the Life School Masterclass Show, a place where visionary leaders build a life and business legacy on purpose through mindset, branding, marketing, sales, systems, and team so they can make an amazing impact and income and positively affect their communities worldwide. Ensure that you are sharing the show, you're subscribing, and you also are leaving us a review so we can create more amazing content around those areas to help you level up to the next level and also bring amazing guest experts that can share their knowledge and expertise with you so that you can create amazing legacy. All right, Legacy Builders, welcome back to another show. I'm so excited to be back with you. Another amazing guest and conversation. And today we're going to talk about one of the most important lifelines of any company, which is sales. I always say marketing and sales are the, at the heart of uh, every grow, every business growth or every company, right? Without, without those, we cannot align our purpose to our profits, which is so important. So I'm so excited to have another amazing expert on today. And we're going to focus our conversation all around sales, how to do this organically, how to do it authentically, how to be productive, all the good things that I'm sure Carl Becker will share with us as he's an amazing expert and a multi-author uh, uh, to numerous books, sounds like. So Carl, thanks so much for coming on and so excited to have you here. Yeah, absolutely. And I love all of your podcasts where you talk about inner game and change and how do you bring value and have the life that you want. And I think a lot of that uh, boils down to sales and, and how do you communicate and see the world and how you're in the world. So I, I can't wait to share some thoughts with you and your, your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be amazing. So let's start with the human factor. How did you get into this work? Uh, what are some of the most meaningful moments in your journey? So we can get to know you a little bit better as well. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to hit it right from the beginning as a young, young kid. I think sales is really just sharing a vision of change or an idea. So I think anybody that does sales is probably at some level just a creative. They have great ideas. And as a kid, I um, I actually found this out later as an adult, but as a kid, I couldn't, traditional learning was really hard for me. Um, later, I found out that I have dyslexia. So growing up was really challenging in kind of a traditional schooling environment where it was just like, do more work, just try harder, work harder. And it was like, things just weren't connecting for me. So I started to see the world and experience the world and how I learned by picking up things that I saw and heard and did and then try to kind of like map it all together. And I tell you that because part of that was connecting with other people. I had to learn uh, about the topics by kind of my environment. So part of the environment is a human, right? We all are in this environment together. So even as a little kid, I started to kind of form relationships and learn how to listen and connect with others. Because I think out of a little bit of survival, now that I, I'm saying it out loud, I think this might have been the first time I said that, um, so that I could function as I could learn and kind of continue in class. So I take that piece of like really trying to learn how to connect. And in my book, Iceberg Selling, we talk about most of the world's only 10% above the water. 90% is below. Mm -hmm. So I think even at a young age, I was trying to understand what was below the water so that I could learn. And then as an adult and then as a salesperson and a sales coach and a sales consultant, um, I think that's kind of brought forward this ethos, if you will, of let's really spend the time to learn what's going on. Let's see everyone as an iceberg, every solution, or I'm sorry, I should say every situation as an iceberg. 
so that we know how to be in it better. Um, so, you know, that was kind of the, the, the beginning of, of sales for me was that. And then, you know, throughout my career, I've always been the idea kid. You know, I, I would go door to door selling Girl Scout cookies with my sister because it was fun to connect with people and to have that, that win and that satisfaction. So I think ever since I was a little kid, I've been trying to understand others and figure out how I could be with those other people. And at the same time, being a creative that just liked ideas and creating experiences. And to me, if you can do that, you can really achieve it being an entrepreneur, uh, an idea person, a salesperson. Absolutely. Sales is like that superhuman skill that uh, the school of life teaches you because it connects you with you, makes you want to talk to people, right? To, to really learn and grow every day, to understand their psychology, to understand their needs, right? And I could so connect with your prior experience to kind of reading people and observing and kind of trying to connect the dots, uh, you know, uh, to, to what is it that they're looking for. And sometimes also I can relate with a survival need uh, <laughs> based on our life experiences. But look, I mean, it actually turned into the, the vocation or the work that you get to do today. So, you know, all of those experiences definitely absolutely build us. So let's dive into the topic of, I love the title that uh, you, um, you name your book, Iceberg Selling, because yes, there's so much underneath. And I'm all about foundational stuff because superficial, you know, we can find that information. Well, let's dive into some of the most foundational things that as our teams learn them, as we learn them as, as CEOs and company leaders and founders, then of course uh, you are able to sustain your success and you, you have those practices that you know are going to be there for many years to come as you build your brand as well. So uh, what are some of those things that you have maybe shared in your book that you could maybe start to enlighten us with? Absolutely, and thank you. Um, the first thing that the book actually opens up very heartfelt and it, and it really makes a bold statement. I love salespeople. And I, I mean that. Um, I think all of us create change. We, you know, we help the companies we work for make payroll. We help them grow. We help our economy grow. And in our personal basis as salespeople, I mean, think about this right now. What other life do you have where the better you do, the more higher you perform, the more money you can make. And as you make more money, you can decide what you want to do with that. So for me, salespeople are these like magical people that help the economy, help our friends, help everybody just have better lives. You know, maybe you're paying for college, you know, maybe you're assisting your parents or a brother or a sister. Um, but there's a lot that salespeople do. But at the same time, I feel like it's one of these professions where, you know, there's sometimes like, oh, you're in sales and we even have that in our own brain. So the book does a couple things. The first one is just try to claim that like you're an amazing person. You do amazing things and entrepreneurs, other people, you know, we all sell. So I'm not just saying salespeople. I'm saying anybody that's out there every day, connecting, bringing an idea forward, trying to make change. We're all in sales. So um, kind of take a minute and pat yourself on the back. The second thing that I talk about in the book is what are you playing for? What's your why? What, what is important to you? And I think that's, a really, really kind of like our battery or a way to recharge our battery. So I would just put it out to any of you right now that, you know, if you have a job where you're out communicating and you're making a difference, realize why you're doing that and give yourself a little pat on the back. You're making a change. You're making the world a better place. And so the more we can get really clear on what fills us up and what moves us forward, then I personally am able to kind of recharge each day. So, you know, the book kind of starts just with the mind game of like, who are we? why we're important in reconnecting. And then we start to talk about some mindsets 
and some best practices. But I'll pause for a minute in case there's something you might want to comment on there. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I, I love the aspect of uh, this necessary skill that we're never really taught in school. Like, I mean, and we're so organically doing it. I mean, selling is everywhere. Like if my sister asks me like, okay, I, I have a problem. I need to, you know, help for this. And the problem solving ability to be able to take care of the people we love is here, try this, try that. So it's really, you know, it's built into us. I have to sell my child into why he can't right. buy or why he needs to attend school or why he needs to do his homework. So I think it's everywhere. I mean, the more, I think the, the biggest problem that, you know, because I share a common uh, mission with you in the sales aspect that I think we need to educate people that we uh, we need to build trust first. We have to earn the right to offer a solution because even with people we know personally and care about, we just don't want to, when someone comes to you with a problem, we're just not going to go into problem solving mode right away, right? So we want to build, connect genuinely and build trust with them so that we have an open door to offer a solution that we know, we believe is actually going to solve their problem and create the transformation. So yeah, absolutely. Sales is all around us. What about with our teams? I have a, a I call it my service delivery team my service impact team not my sales team because i think we need to you know uh we did we did some damage traditionally <laughs> to the to this whole idea of selling but how do we now align our teams so they're more productive so once we understand this concept as the the ceo and the main decision maker of our company how do we now transfer this over to our teams so they're more productive or even the leaders that lead our sales teams yeah it's a good question because I, I do think what you're talking about by understanding people and if we kind of put that in the construct of the iceberg and we go, yeah, everyone is an iceberg. Guess what? My VP of sales and my VP of marketing, they're both icebergs. And, you know, how do we get them to see each other's icebergs and communicate and be more effective, let alone people within my sales organization? So I think first there's, you know, just kind of an awareness. If we're all icebergs, how do you start to reveal another person's iceberg? Uh, and get curious. And, and that also kind of moves to building rapport and just kind of uh, earning the right to kind of continue the conversation. So part of it, I think, is if you're the leader, realize that you're an iceberg. You're probably a bigger iceberg to your team than you realize. Um, there's a little bit of intimidation. This person runs the company. This person runs the department. So my advice to you as you start to build rapport and co-create with your team, which is the same way as selling, we're, we're, you know, we're going to learn about somebody. We're going to share some ideas. We're going to let them participate in the creation of those ideas. And boom, now it's an idea we both have and we can move forward with it. It's, it's very similar to how you build a team. And so I would say if you're a leader and you want to build up a team and, and you know, kind of create better teaming, if you will, let's make it a verb, um, show up authentically. You have to be a little bit um, vulnerable, too. So just like a good salesperson is going to go, hey, let me share a little bit about what I think we might do today. Let me share a little bit about my experiences. I'm going to put myself out there a little bit. Is this what you're looking for? Or, you know, in my life, when I've had that challenge, this is how I solved it. Does that resonate? Like we're starting to kind of open up ourselves, which then a lot of times people reflect back what we're doing. If you even think about if your kid's angry and you get angry, you know, like it, it escalates. It's the same thing in building connection. So I think um, first off, as a leader, it, it's do we get clear on who we are, where we want to go and what are our core values and how do we bring that to the team and make sure they're aligned? And I think that's a great way to be your own change agent and start to like share 
and get feedback and co-create, which is very similar to iceberg selling when you're actually talking to a potential client. And then from there, ask literally, you know, the same curiosity questions to your team. Do you understand? What else would you change? Is there something that's getting in your way? Do we re remember how we create value? We create value by solving people's problems and being of service. Are, are we still able to live that? Is there something in the way? We're getting curious and we're, we're creating dialogue and conversation. And what I found is when we do that, we at least can create some pretty quick wins because people can change quickly in their day-to-day -day job if they're empowered and they're clear on what they're supposed to change. And then you can kind of create the processes to support that and maintain that going first. So I think first it's, let's get these teams working. Let's get communication. Let's show up authentically. Let's build a, a strong culture internally and then move from there. Oh, I, I mean, ooh, this is definitely, um, I love your approach to this because it's so in-depth, just like you also titled the book, because you, you're going with the with the core of the human relationship and the vision, and you also role modeling a lot of those things that you want your team to kind of display when they're talking to clients and potential people that, you know, can get the solution that you are offering. Uh, but most important is that I love that you talked about the human thing and not so much of the sales aspect. As you said, let's create processes. But unless we have this very strong foundation, then those uh, superficial sales goals and targets and all these things that we have heard over the years over, you know, sales. And, and I think it just really because this foundational piece was working, it just made people less successful because we we're looking for a target. They look at people as like, they look at a load as like a sales target, like with this, she's my next client. I'm going to make 5,000 grand out of her with commission or whatever. Right. So I'd really kind of distilled a lot of this superficial stuff in the world. Um, so I, I love that you kind of took it back foundationally, but I also love to kind of uh, go into a little more detail around this vision and why, because I also believe that, um, just like anything, selling is, you know, um, clarifying someone else's vision and helping us through our product or, or helping them, I should say, through our product or service, make that vision a reality. So I definitely agree that vision has definitely a strong place in leadership. And the reason why we're doing what we're doing definitely has a lot to do with that. So what's your perspective on the vision and the the why behind um, uh, someone that is believing into selling a certain product or service in a company. Yeah, I I appreciate that. And you said a lot. And, and I am going to cover one thing that you mentioned. There is a tremendous power if you're that entrepreneur, you're leading that team, or even as a parent, and just patterning, patterning behavior. Um, it, it, as a parent, I know that my kids are learning from me, my good habits and my bad, no matter whether I'm saying them or if I'm just storming up the stairs to my room angry. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm communicating all the time. So I think I want to just make sure I put a little cross that T and dot that I. There's so much power we have in how we show up, how we communicate verbally, non-verbally, that people are always learning. So as a leader, just being mindful how you enter the room. Do you show up on time? When you leave, are you frustrated? Because you're kind of teaching what's okay with your organization. But to go back to vision and your why, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a quick story. Um, I got a referral from a partner of mine for a consulting project to help build a sales organization, like improve a sales organization. And I, I met this initial person and we were talking and they were saying things like, you know, I just want you to come in and weaponize sales. I want you to come in and, and make sales assassins. And I was like, wow, you, you don't know much about me because I do not weaponize sales. I do not make sales assassins. I help people play their inner game 
I really believe in kind of the beauty and love of connection and solving problems. And that does not equal weaponization or, or assassins to me. So I, I'm, I'm talking to this person and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure we're really a good fit. And I had a business partner on the call and he was like, no, let's explore this a little bit more. And we end up having another meeting, mainly because of my business partner. Person shows up late, isn't paying attention. Like none of this is working for me. Like it is, this person is not aligned to my core values at all. And so if you, if you go, you know, what is my why? You know, my why wasn't to make sales assassins. So all of a sudden, this is a break for me. And I could feel my energy. Like, I don't want to do this. Why am I doing this? Oh, my gosh. You know, and, and we start to build all these stories in our head, um, which usually are not constructive. They're usually deconstructive. So eventually, to kind of wrap up that story, I, I, I've been getting better and better at being present with myself and saying what I need. Not so much about them, but me. What do I need? And I wrote this. It was a kind email back. I said, look, you know, I appreciate you're busy and that you have a certain vision, but it just really doesn't align to how I work and my style. I'm going to kind of respectively say I'm probably not a right fit. If you if you want some resources or talk through things, I'm happy to have that conversation. But I, this isn't going to be something that we're going to work on together. And they wrote me back this really kind, appreciative email. Right. And if you think about that, I think all of us as humans are like, Oh, wow. You just kind of poke the bear. They're going to get angry. So my, my, my lesson here is when you know your why as a salesperson, as an entrepreneur, you, you know your purpose, you know why you want to do what you do. Not only does it fill you up, but it comes to kind of a filter of how I behave, how I act, who I want to work with. And I do believe in some law of attraction. Like I'm going to attract people that want those same core values, that share that same purpose. And I guess this is kind of my get real with yourself. If you're in a place where, you know, you're not a fit with whatever you're doing, um, one of my mindsets is ownership mindset. Own that for yourself. Be responsible for your own happiness, for your own success. And I would tell you, if it's really not feeling like a good fit, as much as this might sound like a Debbie Downer, you might want to start looking for someplace that is um, because there's more than enough business opportunities out there to fill your glass with the things that fit you. So that's why I think vision and purpose is so valuable, not only within an organization, like the example I gave you, um, but also as an individual. Um, we only have so much time on this earth. Why not do the things that fill you up and allow you to fill, find your purpose, you know, live your purpose? Yeah, well, that story speaks for itself because uh, how important our personal values are. I think a lot of us need to do that inner work to figure out what is important to us so that we actually operate uh, in integrity under those values. And that could be the same when you were trying to get a new client or close a client or uh, get a new team member on board or whatever, right? But the more we have that foundation as leaders, the more we know exactly who are the right people aligned with us and who are not. So absolutely, it, it definitely serves as a filter uh, for the people that are not aligned with us. And uh, yeah, and I love your approach to that as well, because most people, you know, out of fear, they would make the decision to take on someone like that. And of course, that's just a, a recipe for more issues down the line. Or maybe you can influence each other positively. I've seen that happen as well, because sometimes people don't 
don't know what they don't know, sure. right? But uh, you, it could be that as well. I've, I've seen that personally happen as well. But yeah, but just like that, that boundary that you had, that's, I mean, inspiration and powerful. And, and the more you, um, you hold to those boundaries, the more you will find people that actually also value what you have to offer. Because another big, big pain point is like, you know, uh, you're finding people that are not valuing and you're handling objections traditionally in the traditional ways that we have kind of over spoke about in the marketing and sales aspects. I love that. Well, Carl, we're so, so aligned. I mean, such a such a beautiful energy you have and a lot of expertise. I want to thank you for everything you've shared so far. And my other question for you before we actually end the interview is the difference between based on your amazing experience um, that you've had between marketing and sales, how would you define both things that we I kind of opened up the yeah. conversation with today? I'm, I'm going to kind of share, it just popped into my head. I've never said this before, but I sometimes I feel like marketing and sales, because my, my second book I wrote is called Sales and Marketing Alignment, just to kind of give that context. And I'm someone that has always been a creative and I've always loved marketing because I love storytelling. I love kind of getting people's aha, but I've also always been a salesperson because I like I like helping people move to that decision. And so I've lived in both these worlds. And I think these two worlds are like twins, right? They have the same parents. They were born at the same time. And sometimes twins get along and sometimes they hate each other, right? So the, the goal is to bring these twins together and have them work together in harmony. And so for me, marketing is about, you know, making sure that you tell a story or a message that people want to resonate with. And when they do, they, they raise their hand, and they want to learn a little bit more. And I think sales is traditionally about when that person wants to learn a little bit more, helping them move toward that solution and, and see whether they should be moving toward the solution or help them to a different one if they're not a fit. But I think what's happened today is that there's this no man's land between sales and marketing. Marketing's doing a great job bringing people in the funnel, but I think because there's kind of this old school focus that sales, when people show up, they have to be ready to buy, that there's this gap where it can't be filled with AI. I'm gonna say that right now. This needs to be filled with human thought, intention. I'm also gonna say caring. So that salespeople, this is my kind of last thing for you, or if you're a sales leader, how do you reach further up in the funnel or earlier in the sales cycle when we have interested people learning about our products and, and pull them down a little bit more? How do we engage them? And that engagement isn't about, are you ready to buy? It's about being curious. It's about seeing that 90% of the iceberg uh, that's under the water so that you can be a service and move them forward. And marketing, you know, my encouragement to you is go to your sales team's meetings. They are the eyes and ears of your world firsthand and try to find ways where that kind of no man's land from the top of the funnel and the bottom can be filled with cooperation. Um, again, you're kind of like looking at your own iceberg. You can almost say your sales funnel is an iceberg. The more I look and see, the more problems I'm going to have that we can solve together. So that's how I would answer it. You know, they're they're yeah. uh, they're twins. <laughs> they complement each other. Oh my exactly. god, I love it. And I also see marketing as a service aspect of things when you're educating and you're giving Absolutely. back to you. So yeah, this, this is a good thing. Learning all the right approaches to go about this amazing. Uh well, my my last question to you intuitively as you're chatting about those 
next steps because I really feel like there's a lot of people that don't understand the difference on how to handle the no and how to still stay in service and in contact and have that mindset of person for life. I get to serve you for life. Even though right now you're saying no, there I'm still not closing the door on you. I'm not looking at you as a number. I'm not getting frustrated, all these other things that happen. So then we push and do the wrong thing. So how do we handle a no? How would you, how would you um, kind of, what kind of advice would you give someone so we stay in that service aspect because it's so easy to kind of get frustrated and kind of go with the, with the other tactics of pushing or trying to do other things, which yeah. we've all seen. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a persuasion convinced person. And I'll tell you, there's four mindsets in the book of iceberg selling. The first two, the first one is lifetime value. Don't be short sighted. And I think that's what we're talking about. The second one is a, a service mindset. How am I always in service? So if you push those two together, I'll give you the best practice. Just because it's the end of the month doesn't mean we need to force a sale. So, you know, no last minute discounts. Like if this person's going to buy, continue to have conversations. And if they're not, just know that they might buy later. You know, you're playing for the lifetime value. A lot of my clients um, are in the live event space. And in that space, you do events all the time. So just because I don't do this one doesn't mean I won't do your next annual event. So keep that mindset that the person you're talking to could come back around or maybe they move to another company and they hire you or the current vendor, something doesn't work. So never burn a bridge. Always be of service. That's the second mindset. And service is just like, how do I understand your world and what can I do to continually create value? Micro story, I promise it'll be super short. I'm working with this, uh, this client, their director of marketing is doing a fabulous job, pretty young, but I start to realize that he's looking for more knowledge. Another one of my clients was running a marketing workshop. I called up my client and said, would you give me a free seat? Yeah. Called up the, the director of marketing. Hey, there's this workshop that a friend of mine's putting on. I got you a free ticket. I really think you should go. That was, I didn't get compensated for that. It wasn't part of my engagement. That's me being of service, understanding someone's world, regardless of whether there's something in it for me. And so I, I would invite everyone to look at the long-term value and always try to create value by being of service above and beyond the thing that you're selling. Wow. Well, we'll end there. Lifetime value is the keyword. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Carl. I mean, we can we can go on and on together, sounds like, on this conversation. Maybe we have you back and we can talk more about these right. concepts because, I mean, the education that at least I feel purposeful to kind of share out there as far as how business could actually look so that you feel good about serving and you uh, you implement all these other pieces of the of the company growth of your company growth as kind of just a beautiful implementation to just life and service and and your vocation and all of that and the more we understand how to do it the more we love our company the more we believe in our mission the more we align the right people the more we align that purpose and profit um so naturally and beautifully mark where um Carl, uh, where is it that people can find all your amazing books and all the information awesome. that you have? Uh, check out ImprovingSalesPerformance.com. If you like Iceberg Selling, that's an easy one to remember. IcebergSelling.com is the URL for that book. But uh, this has been great. And I love your values and how you bring it forward uh, every time you're talking. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I was just speaking to a Mark, so I love it. So Carl, thanks so much for everything you've shared with us. We have so much synchrony uh, and uh, good alignment. And I definitely encourage everyone to go to the website and find out all the amazing heart-driven resources that you have put together for people. Thanks so much for coming on again. And I will see you with another beautiful conversation and an amazing guest next time. Bye, everybody.
I am offering a free 30 minute discovery strategy business growth call for you in order to help you discover the foundational gaps that you might have between your book publishing, branding, marketing, sales, systems, and team so that you can make more impact and income in your business this year. Even if you decide not to receive the further support that I could provide for you, you will still walk away with amazing wisdom and value from my 20-year experience in helping entrepreneurs and growing my own successful business in what are some of the gaps that you are experiencing and how to connect those gaps with your ultimate business and life vision. Schedule a call now as my calendar gets booked very fast so that you could take advantage of this 30-minute opportunity to have a personalized chat together.